The White Giraffe, Chapter 18. Apart from her mom and dad, the person Martine thought more about than any other on those star-flung nights was Grace. It was Grace, she was convinced, who held the key to the question she had about her gift. She hadn't forgotten the African woman's wonderful food, nor how warm Grace was to her on that traumatic first day and how determined she'd been that Martine should know the truth about the secrets of Sayubona. Yet Martine hadn't seen her since. Once or twice, she'd considered skipping school to try to find her, but she wasn't sure where Grace lived, and Tendai refused to be part of it. Your grandmother would not like it, was his last word on the subject. Later that same evening, at half past midnight, to be precise, Martine thought about much less when Thomas would like it if she could see her granddaughter crouched low over the neck of a white giraffe as he galloped at full speed for the black mountain that marked Sayubona's boundary. She was going in search of answers. If Tendai and her grandmother weren't going to tell her anything about the past, and if she was banned from seeing Grace, who possibly could? Then she would find the information for herself in the only place she could think of to look, the secret valley. It was a balmy night. The wind in her face was pungent with the smell of the bush and the moon was a bold yellow silver. As she rode, she remembered a wonderful Bushman legend she'd heard from Samson, the old man who cared for the animals in Sayubona's orphanage. In the story, the moon was a man who had angered the sun. Every month when the moon was full, the jealous sun would take his knife and cut away a piece of him until only a thin slice remained. The moon would plead for that piece to be left for his children. His wish granted, he would build himself up again until he was once more prosperous and whole. Martine snapped into the present to find that they'd reached the barren clearing. The twisted tree glared at them, guarding its secrets like a living beast. Martine tried not to look at it. Nodding her fingers through Jemmy's mane, she urged him forward. Vines, branches tore at her skin as he jumped. It was like being ripped from his back by an octopus. Then, just as suddenly as before, it was still and dark. She was in the secret valley. All she could hear was the tinkling of the stream and the giraffe's rapid breathing. The scent of orchids wafted up to her. Above her head, the gap in the valley roof showed a rectangle of blue-black sky sprinkled with stars. She slid down Jemmy's neck and switched on her flashlight. The tunnel entrance was in front of her, as spookily inviting as before. A prickle of fear brushed her skin. What if something went wrong? Nobody knew where she was. Nobody even knew about the secret valley. In the unlikely event anyone ever found her, all they'd stumble across would be her bones, just like the slave at Skeleton Stream. But she banished these thoughts from her head. She had an hour at most to look for the truth. She needed to start down the tunnel. Martine stood in the center of the cave, bathed in the radiant glow of the paintings. She filled her lungs with its dense cathedral air, the time travel sensation she'd felt before. The vivid sense of generations past was stronger than ever. There was something, something humbling about it. It made her feel as tiny as an ant or a fleck of dust in a gale, at the mercy of some immense unseen power. She went over to the painting of the white giraffe and its child rider and traced its shining outline with her fingertips. I see you found the message from the forefathers. Chile.
Martine tried to yelp, but her throat sealed up with shock and she just gulped like a haddock out of water. Grace stepped out of the shadows. She was draped from head to foot in Zulu tribal dress. Beaded jewelry in all colors of the rainbow adorned her arms and throat. Grace, croaked Martine. What are you doing here? How did you get here? Who else knows about this place? Does Ted die? So many questions, said Grace. She smiled, but even in the wavering light, Martine could see that the smile didn't reach her eyes. She seemed burdened somehow, weighted down with worry. Come, she said, come sit with old Grace. Martine followed her to the corner of the cave where the water-hewn rocks made a natural bench. They sat side by side, gazing at the gallery of copper and ochre painted paintings. Martine was still reeling from the bombshell of finding the woman she'd wanted to see so much here in this sacred place. What you've got to understand, Chile, is that this Arl started a long time ago, before my grandmama was born and her grandmama before her, when Bushmen lived on the land you now call Sayubona. Everything that will come is already written. Even the white giraffe. You see for yourself your story on this here wall. She raised her arm and Martine saw for the first time that there was an older, an order to the pictures. Their tales of beauty and tragedy unfolded like the plot of a novel. Grace, Martine asked in a hushed tone. What happened to the people who stayed in this cave? They perished. Chile, Arl, but one, a girl. The elders of our tribe say that it was a disease brought by the white man, chickenpox or something. But somebody, but nobody know for sure. As the end drew near for each of them, they painted their stories and the legends of the forefathers on these walls. Then there was just one. She was found by one of my grannies from long, long ago. She was a Sangoma, a traditional healer like me, in the place outside the valley. My mama say that on that day, the Sangoma called down meant so many favors from the gods that fire rained from the heavens and scorched the earth so bad that nothing could ever grow there no more. Martine thought about the barren clearing and the glowering tree, mishappen and parasitic and had no trouble believing that tale. After the Bushman girl was well, Grace went on, she brought the Sangoma here to the memory room. She made her promise that only her firstborn daughter and her firstborn daughter after her, all Sangomas, should know the secrets of the caves. And you, Chile, the Chile who rides the white giraffe. Martine stared around the cave with new eyes. But why me? What does it have to do with me? The answers are right here on the walls, Grace said again, but only time and experience will give you eyes to see them. Martine looked harder than ever at the paintings, hoping that in spite of Grace's words, she'd find the answers now when she felt most she most needed them. But their fiery colors just blurred before her vision and only one image stayed clear, the child on the white giraffe. Grace, she said, does Tendai know about the white giraffe? He ain't sure, replied Grace. Tendai, he's still a young man, and young people are always suspicious of the old ways. They call it mumbo-jumbo. 
Superstition, she studied Martine with strange glittering eyes. But not you, huh? No, said Martine, not me. It was on the tip of Martine's tongue to ask Grace how she'd known she would find her in the cave on this particular night and at this particular time, but she decided against it. Some things were better left unsaid. Instead, she asked, Grace, why did you come here tonight? Again, Martine thought she was a shadow pass over the African woman's face. I come with a warning, Grace said heavily. Your time is almost here. Dark forces be coming and they will stop at nothing to get to the white giraffe. Be very careful. Trust in your gut and it will keep you safe. Martine had a sudden premonition of danger. She convinced herself that with the poachers caught, no one would bother Jimmy ever again. But even as Grace spoke, she knew the woman's words were true. The hunters would be back. I don't care what happens to me, but how can I save the white giraffe? She pleaded. In answer, Grace opened the beaded pouch that hung from her neck. She took out a handful of small corked bottles that sparkled in the light. Their contents were orange, brown, mustard yellow, and a peculiarly vile green. She smiled, and this time her eyes did not light up and crinkle at the corners. Grace is going to teach you, she said. For the next hour, Martine, who knew that she should be getting back, but was too entranced to care, had a crash course in Zulu traditional medicine. She learned about plants like mother-in-law's tongue, which is a remedy for pain and earaches, rubos tea, which can cure stomach cramps and allergies, and many other healing herbs besides. Afterward, Grace handed the pouch full of bottles to Martine. Thank you, Grace, she said. I'll keep them in a special place. Grace looked pleased. You're most welcome. You have your healing gift, but sometimes you will need a little extra help. There were so many questions and no more time to ask them, but there was one thing Martine had to know before they parted. Grace, she said, why doesn't my grandmother want me here? She do want you here. She do. Your granny loves you so much, but she has her story just like you have yours. Martine was about to tell Grace about her grandmother, that her grandmother had no feelings for her whatsoever when Grace cut in. Now, I want to ask you something. I got a cousin of mine who works down at your school, and he tells me that you're all the time or by yourself. Why don't you find yourself some friends to play with? It ain't good to be alone. Martine dropped her eyes, embarrassed. But I have got a friend. The white giraffe is my friend. That's right. The white giraffe is your friend. But every Chilean needs someone their own age, a human being to talk with, to share with. Well, maybe there's one I want to be friends with. Well, maybe there's no one I want to be friends with. Excuse me, Martine said defensively. Who would understand about Jemmy? Who would understand about this? For a long time, Grace made no comment. Finally, she laid a hand on Martine's shoulder. You will find the friend you seek in the last place you look.